Advent is a season of creativity. In Advent, we are reminded of the goodness and abundance of God's creation all the way from the beginning of our story as we await the fulfillment of the entire world as it should be. The entire world as it should be comes at the birth of Christ. Sometimes in Advent, we feel tempted to put all of our focus on waiting for something that we already know about. It is hard not to fall into the pattern of waiting impatiently for everything we know and love about Christmas. This could be the yearly holiday parties, seeing friends and family, traditions, giving, receiving gifts, having special meals or treats. It could be the comfort of waking up on Christmas morning with a cup of coffee and your children's joy. It could be the reverent and quiet hush that comes over the congregation as we sing Silent Night on Christmas Eve. We get really excited about what we know will happen, and most of the time, that which we look forward to does come to be. I also think, theologically, we are waiting for the Jesus we know. It is hard to enter into the mystery of Christmas and Christ's incarnation every year as though it is the first time. Though we celebrate the joy of Christ as a child, his journey into the human life, we can't help but think ahead to the Jesus of adulthood who is baptized, who heals, who liberates, who takes the side of the voiceless, who is persecuted for telling truth to power, who dies to set us free, who rises again from the dead to defeat death forever. We bring the whole truth of Christ's life into our expectation during Advent. Now, in a way, it makes us more joyful because we know the fullness of something amazing that is coming. It could also make us feel conflicted. Should we, we should celebrate the miracle of Christ's birth, but perhaps joy is hard to come by in this season in your life. But what if we are missing out? If we only focus on what we know will happen, what if we miss out on the creative energy that naturally comes from this time? Advent is a season of creativity, which means we are invited into a place of unknowing hope. We get lots of creative language from Isaiah this morning. The passage contains rich imagery of how creation was intended to be. Now, chapter 35, which we read, is often considered the second half of one singular bridge between 1st and 2nd Isaiah. Some argue that the entire message of the entire book of Isaiah is encapsulated in chapters 34 and 35 together. Chapter 34, we didn't read today, uh, the first part of this singular entity is, frankly, horrific. It says, the Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out. Their dead bodies will stink. The mountains will be soaked in their blood. 
This is very intense. The intensity of God's anger of Israel's enemies, however, matches the intensity of God's love for God's people that we hear about today in chapter 35. Isaiah as a whole assumes that God's vision is for creation to be set right again. To hearken all the way back to Genesis and the times before the fall when the earth and humanity existed in loving harmony, in creative genius that can only come from the hand of God. And so chapter 5, we get this very rich creative language. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The prophecy of God's favor hearkens back to everything set right. To God's vision and intention as the creator of all that is. Not only does it take creativity to go from the realities of chapter 4 to the promised future of of chapter 34 of Isaiah to the promised future of chapter 35, but it brings us back to this absolute foundational importance of God as the loving creator of everything that exists. And so why does it matter that we remember creation during Advent? Have you ever thought to yourself that it would be either cheaper, easier, or more meaningful to make all of your Christmas presents instead of buying them? I have many times to varying degrees of success, but there's something about creating and creating for someone else, for the comfort of others, that seems to just fit during Advent. I think this is because God's creativity is at work around us during this time, not just to restore everything to the way it is and should be, but to remind us that restoring the world is intimately and inextricably tied to the creation of and the birth of Jesus Christ. There is a connection between Christology and creation in the third week of Advent, and it makes me wonder what God is making, crafting, fashioning. Christ's human life is being created now. Every cell, every sinew and tissue, every organ is in process in the exact same way we were all made too. Mary carried Jesus and knew his every movement, his every progression. She would soon behold his face, his newborn head, his tiny little fingers and toes. But for now, she wonders what God is up to. And we are invited to wonder along with her as our God is created. What could God be making? And what could we be making? The act of making is both joyful and hopeful. We do not need the certainty of Jesus' entire life to feel joy at this time of year, but rather we know and trust, trust is a big one, like Mary, that God is creating something great. 
How can we participate in this? How can we let go of our expectations and certainty in order to feel the energy and hope that comes from making something for others? Whether you are baking or sewing or woodworking or wrapping, cooking, making friendships, making beds, patching up hurt, there's joy in the creative process. And there's joy in the process, not just in what we know will be. Isaiah reminds us that God created our world for joy and with unimaginable love for deserts to overflow with water and for mountains to rejoice and sing, everything can be redeemed. Creation is a process and a force and a promise. God's initial creation of the earth and its abundance is intimately tied to the formation of Jesus in the womb and to our efforts to find the world set right, to make it happen. The incarnation is part of the fulfillment of God's creation as described in Isaiah. We go from nothing to everything. We are right now in a moment of suspension. Who knows what it is that we create and make in this season, especially if we trust in God, in Mary, in the prophets. This type of trust and hope to me is different from the certainty and expectation that surrounds our Christmas traditions. Whatever it is that greets us on Christmas will be what it will be. And God is inviting us into the work and process of fashioning something new or renewing something tired. I am willing to bet that something wonderful and new will emerge for you this season. Advent is a time of creativity. What are you working on? In the name of God.